0: This episode of The Only Podcast About Movies was recorded a little differently. We had a special guest from literally across the damn planet call in and help us out with this one. So if you hear any audio anomalies or echoes or yada, 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 you know the drill. Just please be patient because this is a guest you don't want to miss. And now enjoy the show. up internet, it's high noon, my name is Matthew Kroll and
1: i'm not a monkey i'm a scientist also i'm a gaming noob so this is going to be an interesting
0: one my name is shahir Dow, and this is the only podcast about movies specifically god i am so excited about this today we will be reviewing the overwatch animated shorts so technically you're getting 6 is it 6 shorts right seven seven shorts yeah seven seven movies seven short films For but we're not of one. we're not doing it alone No, we're not. Shaheer, you have enlisted an expert.
1: I have enlisted an expert and an old friend, Lucy O'Brien, editor at IGN, based in Australia, and uh, also former classmate. How are you, Lucy? I'm
2: good. Thank you so much for having me, guys. I am extremely excited to be talking about my favorite topic of all time which is Overwatch.
1: Yes. Well, so um, not that anyone would know this, but Lucy and I went uh, to Victoria University of Wellington um, together and we both did our masters in script writing at the uh, uh, boy, this is a uh oh, this is, the I can't International
2: Institute
1: Yeah, the International <laughs> Institute of Modern Letters. Uh, remember with Ken Duncan. Yep. Uh, of with- Modern Letters? That's what it's called. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, Lucy is a fantastic writer. If I recall correctly, you uh, your your uh, play that year won the. Um Won the overall prize as best uh, as best produced work. If, it, if, it, um, if yeah,
2: I'm... well, it did. But you know, then I moved to Sydney and became a games critic instead. So, wow. <laughs> tell
1: me how that happened. So it's and and this is actually the first time Lucy and I have spoken maybe in about ten or more years now. Right. I think. Yeah, both our accents have
2: changed just just ever so yeah, you've slightly. you've gotten more Australian, and you've gotten <laughs> yeah. more American. I mean, it Different. stands. Oh, it's, you hear that? It yeah, stands to reason. It stands to reason. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, so Lucy, walk me through uh, going from Wellington to, to Sydney, how how and and going from um, uh, from uh, the International Institute of Modern Letters to IGN.
2: Well, basically, I did the I did you know the, the the playwriting thing for a while, and and we actually did put on that that particular play that won the the award back in the day. Um, yeah. But I just discovered that you know there was no money in it, <laughs> and, and so <laughs> no and so money in the theatre. There's no money in the theatre. So what I decided to do was uh, move to the highly lucrative uh, games journalism space, thinking that there uh, would yes. be tons of money in that. Apparently not. Um, but listen, <laughs> I've, I've been, been lied to. I've been lied to. But um, <laughs> but listen, I've been doing it for so long. You know, there's sort of I, I I can't really fathom stopping now. So it's just kind of I kind of fell into it basically, and and here I am.
1: But you're, I mean, you're really prolific. And I, and I, and I, so my, my, my kind of, uh, litmus test here is that I was walking through the office at MTV one day and I think I texted you or I sent you a message when this happened, but like, I had a couple of friends who are watching, um, something from IGN and you popped up on the screen Yeah. and I was like, oh, there she is. And then like every now and again, I do like, you know, cause I'm not that into gaming and I'm not that in that world, but I, whenever I do, I kind of see you in it. Yeah. Um, so well, you, you. You're out there.
2: I'm out there. You know, it is, it is a case. I've been, at, I've been at IGN for four and a half years now. So, I, you know, I'm one of those faces that's, that's kind of unavoidable for better or for worse, depending on who you <laughs> talk to. Um, but yeah, you know, it's, it's a great site to work for. And as you say, I do have the flexibility of, of, of being able to talk about games and film, which is really exciting.
1: Yeah, well, and, and and in that respect, like uh, I mean, it's been a while. Like, what have you been watching? Like, what are you? I, I you know, I feel like we're, we're yeah, kind of catching up now. Even, but if like,
0: even if we're going over, like for instance, the the best films for the of the year for you, 2016. yeah, or just something you've seen that you love recently. Oh
2: God, that's so much pressure. Well, you know, actually, I will talk about the film that I saw last night, and this is probably old news <laughs> for you guys because, of course, over in the states, you guys get things so much earlier than we do here in <laughs> Australia. But I finally saw Jackie last night with Natalie Portman. Oh, Oh, yes. And I thought it was actually, I thought it was great. I was really, I went in with, I basically had no expectations. I hadn't checked Rotten Tomatoes. I've always kind of thought Natalie Portman has never really had the shoulders to support a movie before. And I include Black Swan in this. Yeah, I was going to say, not even Black Swan. Not even Black Swan. Uh, but she really nailed that role in Jackie and I was, I was actually kind of moved to tears for a story, for a story that was essentially, uh, you know, just the sort of aftermath of, of the terrible JFK assassination, um, and, and not much more than that. It was really moving and really affecting and beautifully shot and, um, and yeah, it was just one of those films that I went into again with just such low, just just no expectations, because I'm not really a huge biop, you know, biopic person. Right. But um, but I was really taken by that film. So for me, you know, that's the one that comes to mind immediately when you say what what film have you been grabbed by lately? Um, just uh, because it's so unexpected.
0: Yeah. No, I actually had a very similar situation with that film. I went in like again zero expectations, and I came out. I was like, that was. That was pretty damn good. (laughs) It was. I, a lot of people there was a lot of backlash for our, for uh Natalie Portman's accent in the film which really. is really silly because they're like oh my god she was so horrible didn't sound anything like it but then if you go back and look at the actual tapes like yeah. she sounds exactly like her exactly so like, it's just exactly people's memory of it that's yeah. right and i it's think funny.
2: i think oh, people sorry. were really thrown by the fact that it was natalie portman with an accent right yes. and yep. we you know like she didn't really nail the accent in v for vendetta and i just think yeah, maybe I- she hasn't got the greatest reputation for doing accents since then (laughs) and and Jackie's accent is very uh it's very unique and so therefore I could understand why it would throw people but I thought she totally nailed it
1: yeah agreed it's funny because uh that director I remember having a movie night in Wellington once and and watching that director's first film Tony Manero uh I think he's Chilean or yeah uh, he was was at the screening that I went to oh yeah. he was a very nice dude um and that the Tony Manero film uh, that I played uh, did not go over well with my friends and that's the last last <laughs> film I've seen. But he did two films this year. He did Jackie and Neruda. I think about Pablo Neruda. Yes. Um. So yeah, interesting filmmaker. Well, and 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 you know, like, um, did do you find so we've had an interesting year ourselves as a podcast because we've done a couple of panels this year. Um, one at PAX uh, Wist, West and then or, another yeah. one at Magfest. Uh, about uh, the crossover between video games and uh, movies. Specifically, uh, the the panel was called Getting Good at at Video Game Adaptations or Getting Good at Video Game Movies. And we were talking really about the kind of, the seeming failure of most studios to translate what is great about video games into movies. I mean, in your area, which is, you know, you deal with that crossover quite a lot. Mm -hmm. Like, do you, you know, like, have you ever thought much about, you know, like, why are... Why I get video game movies so bad, and and maybe we're wrong about that. Do you think, do you disagree?
2: No, I completely agree. In, in fact, I was uh, the person who was um, unfortunate enough to review Assassin's Creed for IGN. Oh, my
0: God. Uh, right. Shaheer got out of it. Yeah. Shaheer didn't come to the studio you, that day. You lucky, and I had to do it with my buddy Red.
2: You lucky bastard. Because <laughs> honestly, honestly, I, I, I've got to say, and it, was, it was awful because... Um, uh, I did. I interviewed, you know, the the trio, the two two leads, and 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 the director right, right beforehand, yeah. and you know, there was so much, so much. And they're all lovely sp- people. They're all so lovely, and they so yeah. wanted it to succeed, and it really seemed like they thought that. Um, that the movie was something quite special. And and, and so I, mm. I went in with a certain degree of expectation, uh, you know, thinking, well, maybe this is the one, maybe this is the one that breaks the curse of, of video game movies. But I came out bitterly disappointed. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know, as you know, Matt, the movie was incredibly one note. The characters oh were God. incredibly bland. Uh, it just offered absolutely nothing new. And I think, I think to be honest, because I have talked to friends about this, you know, we've chewed over it. I think it's it's almost that video that video game movies feel they need to be too faithful to the source material. Um, right. And I think they try and be too much like video games and not enough like movies. And, and that's where everything gets muddled. And, you know, for something like Assassin's Creed, for example, um, you know, video game plots are stupid a lot of the time. <laughs> Inherently, they are dumb, like... You look at the plot of Assassin's Creed, the video game series, and it's ridiculous. It's it's all over the place. It's all over the show. It is so convoluted and stupid, and every game seems to make it worse.
1: I think when I played Assassin's Creed, when the when I first played Assassin's the Creed, first one with Altaïr, yeah, and and when the Animus thing happened, I was like, "Why are we doing it? Why?" <laughs> See, are we? And, and and when we did the panel, I think that's one thing I pointed out was like, I, I if I was at, at you know, adapting that material, uh, I would probably dump the animus stuff.
0: See, I, I don't... I mean, we talked about this in the panel, too. I disagree with that, I think. But I do agree, Lucy, with what you're saying in the sense that video game plots are very, very silly and stupid a lot of the times. And then also, you compound that with, it's also a story meant to be told at minimum over the course of ten hours. That's right. Split up with with interaction in between that keeps you involved. So, when Assassin's Creed, for example, decided oh, well, we're just going to take that ten hours of plot and cram it into an hour forty-five or two hours and just do it at breakneck pace with no care to it. And it just, it didn't work. And I think It's weird. I I agree with the point and I disagree with it because I agree with the fact that they do try to adapt it to, uh, I guess the lack of a better word, literally. What they should do is still sort of, in my opinion, is respect the material, but take a small portion of it don't try to swallow the entirety of a game series I mean Warcraft is another perfect example don't try to do that just take you have a good core take a thing that like the director finds interesting about that world and expand upon that no like, that's I how I agree see it I completely
2: yeah. agree and yeah i I think that's it you you need to take the sort of the heart of the game series rather than Rather than lifting an entire plot and uh, and i'm a little worried you know well i'm worried for every video game <laughs> to movie adaptation let 's be honest but i'm but I'm especially worried about uh the uncharted movie, which as you know is oh, um, right. is currently it 's got a script it hasn 't uh, reached a, yeah, yeah, production her. yet, but it 's got a script. And you know, it, it it makes me nervous because that series is also one that's that's a lot of fun, but it's a lot of fun to, told over, uh, you know, it's got a great story, great characters, mm-hmm. but told over a, a lengthy period of time, and I just can't really imagine how they're can- going to condense that.
1: And it's yeah. weird because I think the 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 failsafe, but. Kind of the worst approach is going to be. Let's just take the cutscenes out of that game and make them, you know, stitch them together as a
0: movie. I and- I think it's even going to be worse than that. They're just going to tr- they're just going to take the characters and throw them into a brand new sort of situation. I don't think it's going to be based on the plot. And th- and the worst the worst thing about the Uncharted movie is it's the it's the it's the property that needs to be adapted the least. Exactly. You play it, and it's a movie. It like is it's, a movie. it's made to feel like a movie.
2: Yeah, exactly. And The Last of Us is another example. Any Naughty Dog oh, yeah. property does not need to be turned into a film. It is already as filmic as it's going to get. <laughs> yeah.
0: I'm waiting for the Crash Bandicoot cinematic universe, though. <laughs> yeah. I'm hoping that happens. <laughs> so, so Lucy, before
1: we move into the Overwatch discussion, uh, we've talked one side about your sort of filmic experience, uh, or you know your, your filmic preferences. In terms of the game side of it, what are what are kind of games that really, in your mind, either uh, you know, for people, for our audience who who primarily are invested in movies, yes. what, what what are some games that you kind of think would attract? Uh, you know even someone like myself who's a who's a you know, a passionate about movies but like what 's something that would change my mind about the way games uh, can do narrative in an interesting way so it's not just it's just not about it 's not just about gameplay it 's about like things that games can do that movies can 't
2: right well i mean I think a good a really good example. For me, if someone was coming into video games in twenty seventeen, I'd probably lead them to um, Play Dead's Inside, which was an indie game mm. released last year.
1: Um, yes. Oh yeah, yeah, I've, I've, Makers I've of it.
0: Limbo.
2: Makers of Limbo, and again, if you've played Limbo, you know it's it's of a very similar sort of ilk. But um, it, it for me, that's a game where a narrative is told in a way that it could not be told um, on a movie screen or, or a television screen. It could only be told in, a, in the video game medium. Um, and I can't really say much more than that because I don't want to spoil it uh, because it's right. kind of right. one of those games where the less you know about it, the more powerful the experience is. Uh, but I think really with a game like Inside, you are steering, uh, seeing the power of um, video game narrative as as a standalone thing, you know what I mean. As, as something that's not drawing from video game, uh, from movies. It's not drawing from from TV storytelling. It's its own beast, and it's an incredibly powerful game for that very reason.
1: Right. Yeah. Nice. No, yeah. I, I, you're the second person who's recommended inside to me,
0: and that—that's another of the infinite games I have on my uh, Steam account. I believe that I have not uh, <laughs> tried yet.
2: Well, I mean, <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, it's you know, it's 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 a uh, journey would be another one. You know, that's that's a fairly old game yeah. now, yeah. but but, but you know, these sorts of games that that uh, that sort of exist very much as games and don't draw inspiration from um, other mediums because so often you're seeing the games that uh, you know that draw inspiration from, from movies, really, you know, men, men, men with guns, like uncharted, you know, games that have been influenced, um, from the action, uh, action films of the eighties and, and never really sort of lost that influence. (laughs) Um, (laughs) but yeah, like there, there are, was that a
0: blood dragon reference?
2: Well, I mean, that wasn't, that wasn't, (laughs) that, that's one of the more on the nose ones, Matt, but, uh, but yeah, you know, there are these other games that are sort of happening on the periphery, uh, you know, outside of the AAA studios that are doing really interesting things with, with, with video game narrative. And mm-hmm. that's where I would start. If, if I wanted to see what games could actually do in terms of storytelling, that's where I would begin.
0: Uh complete selfish question for me to you uh, before we move on to uh, Overwatch the Meat and Potatoes this episode. Uh, how do you feel about Undertale?
2: You know what? I am actually one this this is a terrible admission. I have not oh, gotten no. I have not yet played Undertale. Oh, it no. is it is on my pile of shame yeah, from last fair. year. I mean but I mean, we all on. have
1: our steam accounts are all filled with like <laughs> stuff that we're like, oh, I got it on sale and I'll play it one day.
2: Yeah. And like, <laughs> you know, I, I, I like to pride myself on playing as much as I can, because obviously uh, that's your job. This, yes. I, 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 this is where I work. Uh, but yeah, I have not got to Undertale. I have not also got to Oxenfree, which is another one that Mm -hmm. I've, uh, that I've had on the list for ages, but you know, there was a Final Fantasy game that came out last year. (laughs) Like what was I meant to do? uh, (laughs) Yeah.
0: Also uh, 15 is still sitting on my shelf, although I did just watch Kingsglaive and I'm still kind of confused, but that's okay.
2: Yeah. And you'll be confused after you finish Final Fantasy as well. I just finished that, uh, yesterday actually. Okay. Yeah, I congratulations! S- thank you very much. It was um, <laughs> it was uh, a long project, and I'm pleased yep. that I've I've come out the other side.
1: Nice. <laughs> All right. All so, right. So, well, so, Matt, you you were for for the longest time we the 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 conversation. Now, as, as everyone knows, <laughs> this is the only podcast about movies, right? And and at some point, Matt floated the idea that he really wanted to do the overwatch short films now we've done short films before we've sure. done kung fury we did World of tomorrow yep. we've talked a lot about short films. i
0: guess the art of the deal technically is a short film isn't That's, it
1: yeah it's true yep. uh, and then we we talk a lot about tv as well and we talk you know we kind of we tend to touch on like the um, i think the thing that i'm always interested in is the power of movies as a medium and the, and things that movies can do sure. as a narrative um, but you really wanted to do these Overwatch short films, a hundred percent. And can you? So can you just kind of fill me in as to why?
0: Okay. So, and we'll get into this. Um, oh, so side note to everyone listening. If you haven't seen these, they're all on YouTube. Uh, it's at, I think the account is play overwatch and you can watch all of these from the beginning, from their first um, promotional video, uh, which was basically called the exhibit, uh, which was before the game even released. And then leading up to the beta, they released another, then it were released and then pretty much at big moments in this games, um, you know, as it's going, cause it's an ever expanding, growing thing. They've released these animated digital shorts. And after seeing the first one, the exhibit, I, it, for whatever reason, and I've, I've tried, <laughs> let's just go into it here. I've talked to a bunch of people as to why these things affect me so much. Mm-hmm. I literally get the, like the feels you get the every time <laughs> I watch <laughs> most of these I've, and I, and I, I, I shit you not Lucy. I've actually talked to my therapist about why <laughs> I, because I'm so confused. Like I know they're wow. good and I know they're, I know they're like, they're, they're technically good and they hit all the right notes. They're not really breaking any ground specifically in their own little thing. I think they're breaking a ton of ground in a narrative structure with what we'll talk about later. But like, I'm so interested as to why these things affect me so much, why I'm tied, why I have such like important ties to characters that aren't, well that aren't i guess well explained uh enough in one medium but once you sort of go through the game the shorts the comics everything that's around the world of overwatch uh you can get really invested in them and so i wanted to talk about them uh uh, as as sort of an entry point here because we do do films they are short films and uh, I just wanted to start this up. Plus, I wanted Shaheer to watch him, and I, I, I'm i interested in what he says. And, Lucy, I'm interested in what you say about these because I just want to know why these connect so much with me.
1: Well, t- well tell me, like, what, what – I mean, let's ask that question. And first of the first thing I'm wondering is, like, do you ever talk about me to your therapist as well? No. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you have
0: never come up. That means um,
1: Yes. Yeah, no yeah. i tell her I, I would i would a hundred percent she here i would tell you yeah. i just figured you might have been to- to talking to her about overwatch and respect to like i don't know if she gonna like these and it's really gonna annoy me if you he, if he No, doesn't. we
0: were talking about things that affect me well, let's just get into my psychology <laughs> uh we were talking about things that affect me uh on an emotional level based on other aspects going on in my life okay and i mentioned that for some reason mm-hmm. these stupid cartoons like mm-hmm. hit me in it like a in, a in an emotional spot and i get like like that little tinge, and I'm like, why is this that is basically a piece of promotional material hitting me when like a film that's made to hit me in in that same spot doesn't?
1: Right, and and you know the thing that's interesting is I I mean like so I used to play Starcraft, I I played Diablo, <laughs> um I I played uh, and, and I'm, I'm just, the reason I'm mentioning these particular titles. And They're Spider-Man, all blizzards, yeah. Uh, those two are blizzards. No. Spider Man Two and Arkham Origins. And the reason I'm mentioning all of those is I think that all of those have cinematics that I think not only rival what a film does, but in many cases is better than what a film does. In In, Spider-Man 2? In in Spider-Man 2, when I played that, I was like, man, this cinematic, because I wasn't that into the game. Okay. And uh, the experience of playing that sort of sandbox open world game, I thought was so good. And I thought that the cinematic in that was actually better than the movie. Um and it's the same with uh Arkham Origins. I think the cinematic uh where I think it's Dead Shot and uh Batman are fighting on top of like a an abandoned uh or
0: you know, like a cargo dock that or something like that. An abandoned warehouse, oh, that's
1: the- maybe. Yeah, yeah that's the definitely.
0: third one. The the yeah. the least of them.
1: Yeah. <laughs> the least of them. I mean, I just thought when when I watched that, I was like, "Why is it that the the actual Batman movies don't look and feel like this?" And even when they do, which is you could argue in Batman v Superman, the um, the warehouse fight out is a pretty good looking scene, yeah. but it's in such a shitty movie that I don't, <laughs> I don't care. Um, like, why is it that these cinema these cinematics are so good, particularly from Blizzard? Everyone knows that Blizzard cinematics are kind of amazing. Um, so I, I've always been kind of like wondering about that. And is it something to do with the fact that we, you know, like they are promotional for a game, like we, we, we are invested in them because we know that we, we're going to eventually go play them, but also because they are a game and you know, like the assets between the game and the, and the, 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 the the team that's making the actual, um, cinematic is shared and they can kind of light it differently. So there's something surprising about it. Is it, is it kind of. That or, I, you know, like, uh, Lucy, you know, what's your feeling on the way cinematics work?
2: Well, I mean, I think, I think you know, just talking about, uh, that's, a, that's a really big question, but I think talking about Overwatch uh, specifically, yeah. Overwatch mm-hmm. is doing something very different to uh, basically all of those other games, right? So, right. cinematics in-game are nothing new, basically popularized, um, not pioneered, but popularized by Metal Gear Solid back in the day. Um, <laughs> Colonel. Uh, yeah,
1: Colonel.
2: Um, yeah, and you know, basically, that's it's they've they've been a fantastic means to drive any kind of narrative-driven story forward, right? Uh, right. But what Overwatch has done is something remarkable because it is a multiplayer-only game. There is no single-player story. Yes. And. Um, So the shorts are not something that I would call promotional. I would say that they are inherently intrinsically part of the game. That's fair. It's just that you watch them on your laptop or on your TV. You don't watch them. We just
0: watch them on an eight-foot screen, actually. Yeah, yeah, right.
2: (laughs) You don't don't watch them in-game. Right. Because if they were in-game, they would make no sense. And you would be reminded that they made no sense because Overwatch as a game inherently makes no sense if you try and, yes. if if you try and sort of think okay this is a world where there are these heroes and and they used to all be part of this team called Overwatch that got disbanded and blah 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 and now they're fighting for the fate of humanity or whatever if you actually bring that into the minute-to-minute gameplay, it makes no sense because they're all fighting each other. Often they're fighting each other, literally. I mean, you've got yeah. a diva yeah, yeah. versus a diva, You've got a Genji versus a Genji. It, it, <laughs> it, 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 it makes no sense. But then you take yourself outside of that gameplay and you watch these shorts and all of a sudden these characters, as you said, Matt, all of a sudden these characters become very real and it doesn't matter that when you're actually playing that the shorts don't really make any sense because immediately you're already a- attached to them and yeah. you've built your own stories. And and this is one of the other reasons that I really love the shorts is they, they give you just enough information about these mm-hmm. characters uh, that you can kind of flesh out the rest of the character in your own mind, I mean, and, and yeah, that, and that's what I love about them, and that's why Overwatch has got such well, one of the reasons why Overwatch has got such a huge fan fiction and cosplay uh, community because people are filling in the gaps. They've been inspired by these shorts, and they're filling in the gaps for themselves.
0: Yeah, and and I think I think the 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 main overarching thing, and we will get to the actual sort of pieces themselves in a, in a little bit, but the sort of bouncing off what you said, Lucy, it's, this is a, a a type of, I guess a a method of telling a story Mm -hmm. that I haven't experienced before. And I mean, by that, I mean, okay, there's, it's like what you said, Lucy, it's just enough to, to, so people can fill in all the gaps themselves and come up with conspiracy theories. Hell, when Sombra came out and the, uh, ARG was going on and everyone was losing their shit until they got bored with it. (laughs) Um, like that was sort of a perfect encapsulation of this like it just makes it so like okay so you play the game you've seen a couple of the shorts you kind of know who doesn't like who then while you're waiting to start a mission uh two of the characters say even though they're on the same team say a widowmaker and a tracer in there they'll have snippy dialogue about how like tracer's not happy about having to work with widowmaker Yeah, and it's like it makes them it's all sort of character specific dialogue that pushes it along you add to that the um there's certain things oh every every location i think so far with the exception of the forest mm-hmm. uh in, in the last bastion uh is a level from the game yeah right okay so you can actually play in those world yeah worlds. uh and every level in the game as you're playing through it is just littered with with what for lack of a better term i'll call it flavor text even though it's graphics yeah. like there's posters and screens and like people look for hints for things and like you can tell uh histories of characters and and um and and things like that, then you have the comics. So it's this multifaceted uh I guess just cross medium narrative that I've never experienced something like before, and it and it's a hundred like I feel like if someone with a less um uh fine hand than Blizzard was doing this, it would they try to hammer it all down our throats and it would not work
2: well, okay. also you'd be you'd be seeing it in game. I honestly believe yes. that, and it would just become it would just lose its impact because as I said, it just doesn't make sense when placed directly next to minute to minute Overwatch gameplay. Um, right. but but you're right, it is it is it just adds an incredible sense of of of, of world building and um and and yeah, I've I haven't seen anyone attempt anything like this either and it is all done with this level of blizzard polish you know blizzard is a company known for um for its very high standards right and you can see that in in the animation i mean the it's it's gorgeous yes it is very pixar-esque um Mm -hmm. but it's absolutely gorgeous and yeah and it when you actually dive in into the game you know you feel like you've just stepped out of one of those shorts Mm -hmm. and you've gone straight into the game it's just so beautifully polished and as you say i don't think any other company could really attempt it because it's just it wouldn't have that level of polish
1: yeah there there are a couple of um precedents for this that uh so when for example when the matrix uh trilogy came out they they attempted to do something where the story continued in a video game and there was a connecting you know between the two yeah they uh, shot sh- footage for it like, yeah, they, yeah and you and, basically would find you know a piece like that so there's this kind of, and you know and um, but that game itself wasn't polished that game itself no, the, was I'm, a broken
0: piece yeah, of yeah yeah, of course.
1: <laughs> yeah yeah. I don't think it, it, anything's been executed Like, I, but I know um, we talked about this at MagFist uh, James Cameron was working on a project called Project 880 which yes. is a multi multiplayer universe which he was going to eventually take story that happened in that universe and turned it into a film. Sure. Uh, Peter Greenaway has been working on multimedia narratives as well. So there is kind of, I think there's this idea that, you know, people, you know, like I've had this longstanding theory that that I do, as much as I am invested in cinema and I love, you know, like the experience of going to the movies and, you know, the lights coming down and watching a movie Passively? Are
0: you going to take this to an extinction place? No, I just, I generally,
1: well, I, well, here's <laughs> my, here's my theory is that, is that every human being gravitates towards the medium by which that they have the most emotionally resonant experiences. Sure. Yeah. So if you're, if you love, you know, like if you're a kid and you love, and you read a book and it just changes, you know, changes your world from that point in, I think books will be your thing, right. music, film, whatever. I think we're hitting into an era where we might already be there where gaming, um, you know, where video games might be the most emotionally resonant experiences for a lot of people. And because they offer interactivity in a way that cinema just can't do. Yeah. So I've, I have had a long standing belief that, that my art, you know, what I do for an actual living is, is on its way out in some capacity. It might be a very, very slow burn, but you know, and that's not to say it won't evolve into something else, but I think the, the era, you know, you can even see it with the new iPhone theater release mode, you know, theater mode that's coming out now. We are- what is
0: that? What is that? What are you talking about? So the the next,
1: <laughs> I- there's, there's been rumors that the next iPhone will have a theater mode built into it, you know, instead of an airplane mode where you can basically, you know, you can still receive messages on the phone. And there are a couple of theaters that are moving towards potentially allowing people to text and communicate oh, during a movie. Oh, no. Oh, my no, but God. The thing- no, and, and and yeah, okay, as much as I, you know, I hate it when someone opens up their phone next to me if I'm at the movies, I have to admit that this is the way in which, you know, cinema evolves. We are not a species, you know, like my generation of people who like have this utmost respect for cinema. We are getting older and we are not, you know, you know, going to the movies as much as we used to. And and a new generation is coming in and these are people who who have a shorter attention span or are interested in doing five things at once. And so... Things are changing, you know, like, and so I kind of have a longstanding belief that the way we approach cinema... Uh, is changing, and, and and as much as, you know, so the thing for me is I don't play Overwatch. Um, when I played Team Fortress and Counter-Strike, I, I just hated the experiences because I would just walk into a room and get killed, and then, you know, like, reboot, and the same thing would happen, like, 20 times.
0: Oh, just get good, Shahir. That's yeah. all you have to do. Oh, yeah I, I,
2: You know what? That's my worst... I, that is my worst thing. I know. Especially I, because I, I know it's everyone's worst thing, but especially because... I am not particularly good at Overwatch. Like, I'll just put that out there right now. I play so much Overwatch, but I'm not particularly mm-hmm. good at it. And I'm always telling myself, "Just get good, Luce, You just need to get good." <laughs> and it just and then I lose again and then I get in, I get furious at the game and I get furious at myself and it's just this never-ending vicious cycle. Anyway, continue.
1: Well, I was gonna say and but but I mean, yeah, you know, I, I when I played Team Fortress, Counter Strike, any of those games, I was just like I and I've never I haven't really picked up any online um, battle games like that right. since um, probably because of that experience. But I remember the, the like uh, a, a game I love is uh, and this is gonna date me is Wipeout two thousand ninety seven. And the reason I love that is that literally
2: dates you. I mean, this literally you've, you've yeah, done it.
1: Yeah, <laughs> good point, good point. No, but the thing about Wipeout two thousand ninety seven it's not a, it's not an online play game, but it has a steep learning curve. It takes a long time to actually learn how to maneuver right. in that game. Yeah. but once you do. It's kind of like it's kind of like learning to ride a bike. You become one with the game, and there's this osmosis that happens. and and i've I have friends that are game players. and and when when you can see people who are really good at Overwatch, there is this kind of like osmosis. it's the same like the the game I used to, I was really into it. I never got good at, but I wish I had. And I still kind of like have sort of daydreams of like going back to play it is Starcraft. And like when you watch a great player play Starcraft, it's kind of like three d chess. And it's kind of amazing to watch. Um,
0: I mean, in the words of Diva here you just got to raise your APM. I don't know. I, I don't know what that means. No. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. But Lu- think- Lucy laughed. It was fine. I laughed. I got it. <laughs> okay.
1: So, so the thing is, I don't play Overwatch, and I and I just watch the shorts. And and I th- I agree. I think the shorts are beautiful. I think they're they're a hell of a lot of fun. They're very well made. Uh, they're stunning to look at. Lucy,
0: this is where he he shits all over our dreams. Okay,
1: <laughs> no, right, I, right. I I think though the, the thing for me is is they don't I'm not emotionally tied to this at all. I just watch and go, that's a cool cinematic. And and I don't think more about it. Um now is it because I don't play the game? So now so I'm talking to two people sure. who actively play the game. How do you feel? If your if your character is one of these characters that were made in these in these um, cinematics, how do you feel about that particular cinematic? Given or how do you feel when you play the game, knowing now that you've watched that cinematic?
0: I mean, I mean, Lucy, do you want to take that first? Uh,
2: well, yeah. I mean, for me, uh, the sort of the head canon of Overwatch uh, exists kind of outside the game itself. Um, mm-hmm. For example, yeah. I loved the Bastion short, but I would so never, good. I would never play Bastion, and I right. feel I feel nothing if I kill a Bastion in in the field. It's just, it, <laughs> yep. it, it's, it's in fact it's a great feeling. Um, <laughs> but you but know, d- here's I,
1: a question: Do you think that when people played um, Bastion before that short came out, suddenly after that short came out, they
0: th- they kind of thought differently about Bastion? Well, his his play went up. His play spiked after the short. Right, right. I don't think it stayed.
2: (laughs) No, it wouldn't stay. I mean, he's kind of like, once you get into the upper elos of competitive play, he's pretty much an absentee character.
0: Yeah, he's kind of useless.
2: But... You know, I think for me, the sort of the the story and world of Overwatch um, exists outside of the the game itself, and it it it, it enriches my experience of playing the game because. I love being in the world which has been told outside of the game and I love playing with the characters because I know the characters' backstories and, and I, mm-hmm. I've, you know, created my own little stories in my head about, about their relationships and their dynamics and stuff like that through, you know, these little drip, these little sort of bird, you know, little crumbs that, that we've yes. been thrown. Um, mm-hmm. So I love that, but in terms of the way that it actually affects how I play the game, uh, it, it doesn't affect it at all.
0: I think it affects me in game only in, in a way that it, the gameplay is addictive enough, but then you add this to it. So I'm outside, I'm not playing the game. I'm doing something else. And I see a commercial or I watch one of these shorts or I do something and I'm instantly like, Oh yeah, I really want to play overwatch. And so it draws me back in that way, but also something very important to say about overwatch. And I think this ties into what I think might make these shorts emotionally uh, relevant to me as a player of the game is, um, it's all team based. You have to, if you want to be successful, you need to communicate with your team. And this the most fun I've had playing a video game was when I was with five other friends on a team playing Overwatch. yeah, because we could talk not only, you know, actually play the game and like plan, but also like just shooting the shit and like having fun. So you take that experience of really working with your friends in a game where in in this in this um canonical story across the shorts, et cetera, Uh, like these characters, a lot of them are really good friends. Tracer and Winston are great friends. Uh, uh, even the characters that sort of playfully, there's so many different relationships I'll say. And it's fun to sort of like, I I don't know how those tie together in my psyche, both the act of being with my actual friends and having groups, even like, and this is a stretch, but like. Like, is it the bad guys who work for Talon, uh, you know, Reaper, who's basically a Todd McFarlane character from the 90s and Widowmaker (laughs) and Sombra? Kind of like they're always together, like they're working together. They 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 get the job done sometimes. I I don't know. Like, it's just it all feels very whatever group you're in. It feels like inclusive and nice and good.
2: What what I'll say to that as well is um, Match well. the The original idea behind Overwatch was to create a game that expressed uh, what Blizzard calls a hopeful future. Yes. So it is a game, and and this is this is uh, evidence in the shorts as well. Like so many of them, just leave you with this feeling of 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 hope and of. Um, I I guess that's the word for it. You know, you look at yeah. Sol- Sol- Soldier 76's short for example and it's just got mm-hmm. that that really beautiful sort of little, you know, that ending and 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 the same with the Bastion short. It's just they're, it's qu- they're quite poignant, you know. And if you look at the diversity of the lineup um of Overwatch, you know, this is a this is a world where Uh, You've got an old woman sniper uh, playing next to, Mm -hmm. you know, a a girl from China who can freeze people um, next to, you know, a a sort of romantic cowboy, like
0: they're very, they're
2: very, there's something to be said for the diversity of, of, of the roster, and I really do believe that that both the shorts and the game, and 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 when you're playing with friends and and the score, it all comes into it. When everyone's working together, you do feel like you're playing in this world that is a hopeful future. And I think um, I actually wrote a piece on it last year about um, about the sort of how fans had taken Overwatch and sort of run with it. Yeah. Um. And it is because you know the world is really crappy right now, and this yeah. this game is um, is really hopeful and is really beautiful, and its characters are you know are, uh, they all have these friendships and these relationships, and and we're told about them through the shorts and through the comics, and and we're playing with them every day, and it's. It's some there's something really heartening and, and and it's a kind of heartening escapism for for a lot of people and yeah. and that's and that's the reason why I you know I, for me that's the reason why I completely understand why you're so moved by the shorts and it's also the reason why I understand that people are so really vehemently attached to some of these characters and I mean if you go into you know, fan fiction sites, for example, and read some of the stories that people are writing around these characters. I mean, yep. this is we're talking sort of, you know, Star Trek, Buffy, the Vampire Slayer ter- territory oh, yeah. here. Like people are just going crazy for these characters. And it is because this is a world that it feels extremely hopeful and it's really easy to fall in love with these characters.
0: Yeah, I think the uh, the what's the what's the the it was a get was it Genji and Mercy.
2: Yeah, or well, now
0: probably an item due to data mind uh, Valentine's Day event dialogue.
2: That's right, and and of course that broke the hearts of all of the um, the people who shipped Farah uh, and Mercy together. Yep, uh, yep. Fa- Pharmacy was was their ship yeah, name, that's
1: right.
2: uh, you know, and <laughs> that's and, right. and people were absolutely devastated over this, and and I completely understand because you know they've they've invested so much of themselves yeah. into this relationship um, it's it's really incredible she
0: here does this shock you
1: no it doesn't uh, so I've I've worked for, you know it's like <laughs> so shipping is a term that I've learned but I'm definitely learning it as an old man kind of thing and like yeah, right. and I have that kind of slightly uh when someone says shipping I'm like uh-huh yep and um we're but, all uh, shippers now <laughs> but, um, but um so the thing that I guess I'm curious uh, I, I I get it. I'm not invested in it myself, personally. <laughs> so I, I, kind of, I have a a, a a sort of bemused smirk about it, you know, as as I'm sure parents do about their kids, you know, fandom. Lucy, I wish
0: you could have seen his smirking when we were both talking.
2: I can only <laughs> Was, imagine it. I can only. Yeah, you've imagine seen it before. I've seen it before.
1: <laughs> so um but the thing is i i completely get it, and i you know i can understand that about you know um properties that i'm really interested sure. in sure the thing that i'm really curious about is 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 there uh an overarching design to this so what i'm what i'm really curious about is that is blizzard kind of because as you say, the games and the cinematics aren't connected, you know, like you, when you play the game, you just play the game and, and you live, you die, you live again. Um, is there an overarching sense of design where this is hitting somewhere? Now I know, uh, you know, in some sort of, perfunctory research that that um, Overwatch came out of a, a failed game called Titan. Project Titan, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Project Titan, which was supposed to combine a multiplayer, uh, in an MMO, and a, and a first-person shooter. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wonder, you know, like, and that project kind of failed, and the reason they said it failed was that, that they couldn't find the fun in that game. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they, you know, they opted for Overwatch, which is ironically has evolved as you say with this sort of multi-narrative work you know
0: around the comics the cosplaying the, the people writing their own fan fiction hell even the holiday events they do like right. i've never been excited about holidays in a video game before i oh, know,
2: neither. it's not it's it's yeah. ridiculous i was i yeah. was just like hanging out for the winter wonderland stuff uh-huh. i was like i was just counting down the days
0: <laughs> yeah I, I got my nutcrackers and yada that's all i wanted <laughs>
2: He's
1: the so best i'm curious I'm curious though because I I watch the the shorts and I kind of I go these are very nice and they're very well done mm-hmm. uh is there a sense of purpose to these that is building to something profound like I I, I really like what you said about it Lucy, that, that this is the idea of a hopeful world um but I I I have to admit uh I just feel that that is a, you know something that comes through in a couple of those shorts that's pretty nice but mm-hmm. i but i don't get the you know the the overwhelming sense of like this stacks up on top of you know the bastion steps stacks, stacks up on top of the exhibit in some way in some way in some way and, and all of these kind of like start adding up to be greater than the sum of their parts and i and i wonder is that necessary is it kind of happening organically through people just kind of creating their own narratives or is it is there a sense of overall
0: design to this thing um, I mean, I would go. I would say your second one, the organic thing. But Lucy, what do you, what do you think?
2: Yeah, I would say it's happening organically, but I would also say there is definitely a sense of forward momentum in mm-hmm. Blizzard storytelling. Um, there's so much stuff yet to be mined. A lot of it has to do with relationships. I mean, I know that yeah, we right. we all want to know about their romantic relationships in particular, and and I think that Blizzard. Knows that they've kind of got, um, it's kind of got Overwatch's fandom by the balls in that sense. Yeah, that that we're all just like (laughs) we're all just hanging on its every tiny little breadcrumb of information about these these characters' relationships. It's so true. Um, But I do think that there is a sense of forward momentum, and I do think that Blizzard has an overarching design. But of course, it is a game, and it is one of these. kind of ideal video games now that almost every video game is striving for nowadays uh, because it's ever-evolving, right? So yeah. I'm not sure that we're necessarily going to see an end to this narrative. Uh, I'm because not that's sure where that the money it, would stop. It, <laughs> that <laughs> it is uh, building towards some kind of grand conclusion uh, because it is an ever-evolving game. It is It is the game that every other game wants to be. I mean, this is why we're seeing uh, you know, I don't want to go off on too much of a tangent but this is why we're seeing uh, cancellations on games like Scalebound which are sort yep. of uh, games that have been in development for four years and that kind of have a finite life cycle. No one wants yeah. that anymore. People want games like Overwatch. Developers, publishers want games like Overwatch that just keep on giving and this is the future. This is Overwatch is, is the future of video games uh, for at least the next several years Um, yeah it's
0: it's the trend it's that's what's happening i mean and even and it's funny because i don't know um uh where you sort of fell i I mean i think i can guess but on the whole battleborn uh overwatch sort of comparison i know r.i.p battleborn uh god i Oh
1: all right all right time out time out uh, explain it to me like I'm a five. Okay, so
0: so once upon a time, Jahir, there was a game called Battleborn made by Gearbox, right?
2: Yeah, made by yeah. Gearbox and and distributed by 2K.
0: Yeah, and uh, they're the people that make Borderlands. You've okay. seen yeah. Borderlands. Yeah. Borderlands. Borderlands 2, one of my favorite, favorite games, the pre-sequel, not so much. Um, but uh, Battleborn and Overwatch dropped, what, within a week of each other? Yeah, Something like just that?
2: a terrible timing.
0: And... The games are similar in the sense that they're shooters, but they are very different. But the characters, the art design's different, but the style's sort of the same. And, you know, you have the blizzard train and this sort of experimental narrative that they're trying to tell with with these characters and the Overwatch characters. And I do think if I had to choose the design of which one I like better, I like Overwatch better. Mm-hmm. But it just was the the wrong place, wrong time, and and Gearbox lost. And it's a game that like I've talked to some people at Gearbox and they like they're they're heartbroken (laughs) because their game is good but no one's going no one's playing i think they're selling it now for like twelve dollars the worst part
2: of it well it's not it's the worst part of it was that they are selling it for twelve dollars and it was a total failure um but at the time the battleborn uh, account on twitter tweeted at the overwatch account come at me bro Which is just like, just, and on retrospect, my God, oh, you poor fools, you poor fools. Yeah.
1: I mean, it sounds like, so there's a couple of things that run through my mind when, when we were having that conversation about overall arching design, because, you know, like a lot of MMOs kind of get abandoned over time, you know, the player uh, drops, you know, players drop off. Um, there's been a couple of, like, as far as I recall, and again, this is coming from a non-gamer's perspective, Sure, but it didn't Eve, the, the space, Eve's strategy, still going. and didn't they have like major events happen within the game that kind of changed? There were like major campaigns that happened, but they were player driven, player driven. Right? Yeah. So it, it's obviously in, um, blizzard's interest to kind of keep the interest up because you don't want people to start like, you know, like the life cycle of a game like this kind of slowly fades out over time. Sure. Um, but the more that they can kind of release stories like this, the more they can kind of keep the world going and keep players interested in it. Yeah. And, and and something that's analogous to me is, is I think we're seeing this in the rise of um, serialized television over cinema, you know, like people sure. are. Uh, you know, like you see it in the Marvel Cinematic. I was Universe. just going to bring it up because
0: yeah. I love that I've trained you that you bring it up now, Shahir. <laughs> I love that you think it's training to,
1: to mention one of the biggest oh, phenomenons man. in pop culture. Uh, you
0: know, Lucy, but, you know, whatever. Lucy, did you know uh, in your history with Shahir, did you know that he hates fun? Oh
2: well, you know, I got. Um, I, I I won't say I won't say that I thought Shahir hated fun, but I thought he had a healthy skepticism towards uh, many facets of life.
0: Uh, well, yeah, well, it's it's only um, it's only exacerbated itself. Uh, with age, then. yeah, yeah. <laughs> age like fine wine, basically, like like, yes, like a fine, the grump- finest wine,
1: fine grumpy wine.
0: Oh, you are Soldier Seventy Six. <laughs> he really uh, is. I'm- yeah, <laughs> get so, off my lawn.
1: <laughs> it, so, what it reminds me, you know, what me makes me think about is the fact that that you know, for example, the longer people can keep Game of the longer HBO can keep Game of Thrones going, the better it is for a the people who watch Game of Thrones and b HBO. Um, I don't know. Well, okay. I don't know if I agree with there, that. Because yeah. there's conversations right now about like extending no. the Game of Thrones universe and that sort of thing. Um, and it's the reason why, you know, people, you know, I, I don't understand why there's a Bit of Call Soul. Like, I don't see the, <laughs> the need for
0: Bit of Call Soul. Apparently, it's good. I've never seen it. I'm, I'm,
2: I'm right there with you, Shahir. I've <laughs> just, I love Breaking Bad. See no reason to watch Bit of Call Soul.
1: Yeah. Do you think that, that, what is the point at which. Overwatch can reach diminishing returns. Like as a, like I guess what I'm what I'm curious about is when you watch any of these shorts, do, you know, as players, do they surprise you? Do they affect you know? Do they do they change your understanding of the game itself? And can can Blizzard do that at this point? You know, can they?
0: transform what you think about the game. I don't think it's about transforming the game. Right. I don't think it's about that at all. The game is the hub that everyone's going to go back to. The game is what they're going to charge money for. Right. Uh, And, but as long as they keep releasing content that makes you feel a part of the world and a part of the characters and, 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 and and I think the key is it's just the right amount of immersion and the right amount of information. Lucy had said that uh, beforehand, like, you fill in the gaps, and then it's not just Blizzard's story; it's your story, right? And because right. you've sort of made up stuff. Hell, there. Th- so one of the main money makers of Overwatch right now is the loot boxes. Uh, now, what you do? These are purely cosmetic things. This isn't like other first-person shooters that, like, you can kind of pay to win sort of thing. All these are are costumes, sprays you can spray on the wall, um, e- uh, emotes so you can stand and like say something and do something, voice lines, etc uh, victory poses, whatever. And you can buy them for real world money. You can also earn them in game, but like a lot, a big money maker of this is for them is doing these loot boxes. And I like a, because it's purely cosmetic. So you're not paying to be any better than anyone else. So it, even though like, for instance, Lucy, I'm on your side too. I play a lot of overwatch. I'm not good. Yeah. Um, so but I, it doesn't really like I would I would fall, have fallen off this so quickly had it been like oh pay 20 bucks for like Widowmaker's super scope or like whatever the hell is going on Agree. Uh, and they don't do that so but like I've never I've never Shahir bought a cosmetic thing for a game before this game and the and the Halloween thing dropped and I was like I'm getting I'm getting uh uh was it Witch Mercy and uh Head Reaper Yeah, <laughs> and, and I'm like because they're, they're just so they're designed so well um, I kind of lost your question because I was just going into a little bit of fanboyness there but
1: uh, <laughs> well Lucy uh, so the question yeah, let's get, what, yeah. the question was um, at what point does this do you think that the the narrative of Overwatch as it's being kind of evolving does it start becoming diminishing returns like, like is there a point at which they just keep introducing new characters and it's like well you know it's like the iPhone 7 you know you kind of had it great at the iPhone 6 but you just needed to stop
2: well i think <laughs> uh, yeah i mean i think i think you really need to look towards other games to answer that question uh, so you yeah. look towards something like League of Legends for example which was released mm-hmm. in, in 2009 and is still uh, going incredibly strong i mean it is biggest it is, esport it yeah. is the biggest esport and 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 yes the fact that it's an esport uh has a lot to do with its popularity. And Overwatch is also uh, striving to be a big player on the esports scene. And I really, mm-hmm. really hope that it has success in that because, um, in my opinion, it's only going to make esports more accessible for everyone. Yes, um, 100%. So I, I, I think that, you know, the, the there will come a point where perhaps the narrative has run its course, but I don't think that that will affect the core game. Uh, and I don't think that will affect uh, player player numbers, uh, well, I, I I can't imagine that it really would uh, as, because at this point, the stories are going to keep being told by the fans, right? So I think that even if Blizzard does decide to stop making the shorts, because um, I can only imagine they're, they're, they're quite uh, expensive to make, yeah. Um, yeah. not that Blizzard's short of cash, but um, you know no. there, there might come a point where they say, all right, enough is enough. We've now got 120 heroes and, and, and maybe sure. we're going to put a cap cap on that now. Um, but League
0: hasn't stopped, on the other hand. But League that's just it. keeps League going. League
2: just keeps going and, um, and you know, Overwatch is 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 hopefully going to follow in a game uh, like League's footsteps, especially if it becomes uh, big on the esports scene. Um, mm-hmm. I honestly just believe that the narrative right now is just like beautiful icing on a really dense cake. That's the only way I can really describe it because, <laughs> yeah. because, you know, it, it, it's, it's not necessarily needed uh, to enjoy the game, but it certainly just makes the game so much richer.
0: Yeah. And the, and the last thing I'll say on this, as far as this, the straight up narrative perspective and why I, I pray that everything that Lucy and I have said sort of is, is going to be what happens and why I think it will, as opposed to say extending game of Thrones or doing better call Saul. So breaking bad was an experience that was so good because it, it had an end. It was designed to have an end. And then when it made money, oops okay keep going walking dead's in a weird spot i know the comics are still going but like it's sort of trailing because it's just more of the same and they didn't they didn't plan for this longevity from the the core of the project overwatch uh you know once titan went away and once overwatch became overwatch was designed from the core up to be this type of narrative experience beyond the gameplay they've designed it to be that way they've given uh, just the right amount of narrative to keep itself perpetuating. So because of that, I think I like, and I hope that it will be successful in continuing. It seems like it is. Whereas something like if they did, like if RR R. Martin, you know, uh, stops writing game of Thrones books, like he's done. And then they do like a prequel series or whatever. Like it, it's that that's cashing in as opposed to just letting, like just a perfect example. Cowboy bebop is my favorite anime of all time because it ended. Right. It was designed to end. Even the movie they did after the fact goes between episodes twenty two and twenty three of twenty six, and then it's just done. And I pray they never make any more because it will poison the well. Overwatch is not designed like that. Overwatch is the antithesis of that type of design choice, and that's why I think uh, that's why. Yeah. No, I I was in
1: actually um, in in relation (laughs) in relation to that. I was going to bring up uh, one of my favorite movies, uh, The Truman Show. Um, in respect to the way in which people, you know, like the the thing that happens at the end of the Truman Show, spoilers for the Truman Show, is that you know, like, eventually Truman leaves the show, and and <laughs> what, and people are like, and and the 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 amazing thing is, people like, you know, like it, it's a terrible thing for the show because the the show ends, but it's this thing, it's it's this moment of catharsis for everyone who's watching the show because it comes to a completion, right. yeah. And I I wonder about the i like i actually love this idea of uh this thing uh, of like a multi multi um medium medium narrative yeah, yeah. I think that's I, I think that's super exciting um i I'm kind of you know i i like to err on the side of um uh, grand design when it comes to, to narratives so, so that there's an idea that we're building towards something. And it's, a, you know, like you said, it's the reason why Breaking Bad works so well. Um, and it's the reason why the end of the Truman Show works so well but it, that I think the Truman Show makes an interesting commentary about is the last thing that happens in that in that movie is, you know, the 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 show ends and they're like, I wonder what else is on and they turn into another channel. Um, and I kind of, I'm, I'm curious as to how if if something could, you know, like if they can kind of build towards some kind of profound narrative end. And, and, you know, like we, we, before we got onto the, uh, onto the episode, I, you know, I, i follow Terry Crews on Twitter or something like that. And I've been
0: watching. Oh, his, that's why you asked who Doomfist was. Yeah.
1: And that's why I asked who Doomfist was because I was like, Oh, he's talking about this thing. And i have you know, cause I've been like watching him build a PC for the last couple of months and, <laughs> <laughs> and getting into Rocket League. Um, and you know, so I'm, I'm really curious as to whether it goes that way, but I think obviously the The fact that I'm not playing the game hinders my ability to engage in this experience. So, the 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 fact that I I watch this and go, okay, that's really cool. I don't think is it has anything to do with the the technical quality or the level of 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 um you know profundity that the that right the, that the shorts offer. It has to do with my engagement of it, which is that is not complete. Sure, it's kind of like if I was watching half of it and you know like. I had my hand okay. on my phone the other t- the other way.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, I totally get that. But uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, all that aside, I think the way to look at uh, these shorts, um, at least the way that I look at them, is like like a comic book series, right? So yes. I think I think these shorts are more like the way that that uh, Blizzard is is looking at Overwatch's uh, narrative is more like uh, a comic book arc rather than a movie right. arc or a TV arc. So you look at something like you know the X Men, Superman, I- any any big superhero property. These comic book series they have these. Uh, grand moments they have these grand uh, you know yes. stories that happen within the universe but then another story begins after that and there is no finite end they just keep going and going uh so for me that's kind of where i would like to see the overwatch narrative uh model sort of head towards uh in a sense where there are as you say shahir because i do agree with you i do i would like to see um a, a, a dramatic story arc with a satisfying conclusion i would i would like that i would like to mm-hmm. see direction beyond oh uh Mercy and Genji hooked up. How surprising! You know, I I, <laughs> I I I would like to see a you know a a, a story akin to Apoc- Apocalypse or onslaught or something like that that happens within uh, within the shorts themselves. But I I just don't really see the narrative. Uh, you know, coming to an end anytime soon. And I think that if if you look at it in that comic book model, it it makes a lot more sense than if you try and sort of think of it as as like a TV show or... Or something yeah, like hundred percent.
0: Yeah, yeah. Another thing that Overwatch has, just from a straight, uh, uh, you know, like almost like clinical how the narrative can be told, sense a lot of it is generational, or it's setting itself up to be generational. Like Anna is the um, the older female sniper that we had mentioned beforehand, who is the mother of Farah, Soldier seventy six, who also hates fun. Uh, <laughs> he he is an he's the aged out sort of uh, the the old leader of Overwatch. Uh, even even Reaper is used to be Reyes, who like him and um him and what uh, Jack is 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 soldier's name Jack.
2: Soldier's name is Jack. Yes.
0: Yeah. Um, they used to be friends, and they weren't because then they sort of split, and and Reyes went off and did like uh, I think it was called Black Watch or or something like that. Uh, they were like the the basically the the wet works team of Overwatch, and then it sort of imploded. That someone attacked Overwatch's headquarters. Blah blah blah. All stories that- feels
1: a little like Watchmen, actually, like the the kind of the old. You know, the old band, the old Watchmen
0: versus the new group. I mean, ca- kind of. Ca- I mean, it, it, there, yes, there are two. Gen- right now, there are two generations of yeah. heroes and villains in this story.
2: There's definitely like the, the old guys and the young whippersnappers. There's definitely that that dynamic.
0: Yeah. Uh, and I have a feeling that because of that, and because that's even sort of baked into the core of this thing, hell, the first, the first character they released in addition was Anna. So, right. like, that really hammered home, like, oh, they're going to make this, like, like, eventually, I, I honestly think that there will be a character that is two of these characters' kids. Yeah. Like, right. I, I I just think that it naturally works that way with how they've set this up.
2: Yeah, and I reckon Soldier 76 will be the dad. Because he's already the dad in fan fiction, in fan art, like... I yeah. honestly think he's going to be the dad.
0: And that's the thing we haven't brought up yet here. And, and tell me if this interests you uh, personally, because so the fans, we've talked about how they take it and they make it their own. Right. And they're doing all this stuff. So they've done a lot of fan art. Like Lucy just said, where soldier 76 is like the dad character of all of these other. So there'll be like funny comics where like, he'll be taking them trick or treating and they'll be <laughs> all petulant and like whining. And he's just like, ugh. there's stuff where he's like sitting on like a porch, uh, like basically like um Gran Torino because he even has a line in the thing where he says, young punks, get off my lawn. <laughs> like, so he's that archetype. Um, but then the great thing about it is Blizzard takes this stuff right. and puts it back into the game. Like there's a spray of now Soldier 76 in a, lo- in, a in a rocking chair. There's this, uh, one of the um, emotes in the game you can just do to sort of like, you know, show off while you're playing. Diva, who is a pro gamer in the game, she drives a giant mech. Uh, She's a celebrity in the world and blah, blah, blah. She was hired to uh, fight the Omnics because of her actions per minute. That's what APM is. Okay. Um, anyway, because she was a StarCraft pro in the canon of this game. Okay. It's right, incredible. It now. Snake eating its own tail. So, But the point is they they there was this uh, sort of uh, meme-ish type thing they called Gremlin Diva yeah. because gamers are known for eating Doritos and drinking Mountain Dew. So there'd be all these drawings of her like in a dark mm-hmm. room like just sm- chugging Mountain Dew and eating Doritos. And then now there's an emote where she stops a game comes up on her, like HUD screen and she starts drinking soda and eating chips and like going nuts. There's even a bag of Doritos, I think behind her gravestone for the, uh, Halloween downloadable content. Yeah, it's like, a,
2: it's incredible. And it, it just shows as well like uh, how Blizzard is just so in touch with its fans and its community and is constantly listening to its fans and its community and is evolving the game. You know, we're talking emotes and sprays. Uh, they're not huge things, but they... It, it really does it show. It makes people excited. That, yeah, yeah that they matter. Blizzard, that Blizzard is listening to its fans, and that the fans matter, and that the fans are influencing the world. It's actually incredible to see.
0: Yeah. Um. So I know we've been we've been oh god we've been going for an hour, and I, I could talk about this forever. I do want to before we wrap it up, sort of talk about even even small uh in short bursts, the actual uh shorts themselves. So we kind of talked I, about I mean I I can just tell you which one I really yeah. liked. Okay, Shahir, what was your favorite of the shorts?
1: Uh my favorite was The Last Bastion. Yes. I thought, I thought yeah, the Last That was Bastion my favorite was just, too. I think it's just it's just a lovely little short, it reminded me of the first half of Wally, which is what I you know, I, I don't love Wally as a film, but yeah. I loved that that part of it. And um I thought it was really good. I like the thing is, is is there's a balancing act that a lot of these shorts are playing, which is that they're they're trying to give you like some character moments and then they're trying to like sell you on some cool action.
0: Yeah. And for those of you who don't know, it's called The Last Bastion. It is probably the most um, both, I'd say, emotionally relevant and enough where you could tie it to the real world because it has a strong sense of post-traumatic stress disorder. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Because, so the character is a robot, the Bastion-modeled thing that's basically made to fight humans and kill. Uh, It was left in the woods uh, forever, so that's the character you actually play in the game is the, quote, last Bastion after the war. And he befriends a little bird named Ganymede, and oh, it has a name, yeah. I yeah, didn't realize that. Uh, yeah. I mean, but again, that's stuff you wouldn't know unless you read the comics or do whatever. It's it's also the one where
1: you don't need to know Overwatch, you don't uh, yes. need to like be because there's your, no dialogue, there's no dialogue, and also like I don't need to know anything about whereas, if, like the um, uh, Alive, the the the, the, the one about the Widowmaker, the, the Widowmaker taking out, um, I feel like that is bottom. one that it's really cool, but it's it's like if you know those characters, it's really cool like whereas the last bastion I don't think you need to know anything walking into that. Yeah. You can just kind of enjoy it at, uh, on its face value. Fair enough. Um and that's why I really liked
0: it. Okay. Um the, you are a you are a um uh not a completist. What's the word I'm looking for? You what she here when you like an experience, you want it to be like uh sealed contained, yeah. sealed. That's, I, I, I mean I, that's your general MO.
1: I, I like design. And you know uh, funny you asked me about whether uh, the thing that I I would I really like uh, the idea that you know they they respond to fans? And the thing that I keep thinking about in in an odd way is um, Fifty Shades of Grey. Right. Not because uh, that's unexpected. Well, okay, I did not
2: expect you to go to go there at all. No, no. Well, cause, it's, it's
0: a bold move, Cotton. Let's see if it works out for us. <laughs> uh,
1: I um. So I watched Fifty Shades of Grey recently, and I thought it's 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 a. I don't know why people hate that movie. It's just, it's a perfectly fine movie. Because it's
0: Twilight fan fiction?
1: And that's what I was really curious about was that it's it's essentially Twilight fan fiction. What I love about it is that it, took like one element of the twilight narrative and explored that as a story sure and i and i and and you know like for all the sake of um you know like them trying to make three fifty shades of gray or whatever um i don't really care but i like the idea that that some you know it's it's the conversation we're having about adaptation which is that it's taking one element and really exploring that as far as it can go. And my problem tends to be with um, you know the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Okay, is that it? It just keeps going, and I, I I over thirteen movies, I start to lose the sense of actually any purpose to this other than hey, we're going to make another movie this year. And so what I what 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 I'm hoping for in terms of in, for Overwatch is this is a sense of grand design. But again, I'm not. The I'm I'm well aware that I'm not the target demographic here. I do think that 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 if they keep going like like if I'm talking about this from a consultant point of view, sure. If you keep going like this, there is a point at which you hit diminishing returns, and in order to prevent that, you need to switch it up. Uh, but like Lucy said, it could be like. Um, Like League of Legends or like a comic book adaptation where a comic book series where the characters live on, even though, you know, you have old man Logan and you have the Phoenix uh, saga, you know, like things kind of happen that aren't necessarily related to an overarching arc. But what I tend to like personally is individual stories. The other thing I would mention is is, um, the film you made me watch a while back, which I thought was fantastic, Dread. Yes. Um, you know, I think that's a really good adaptation because it's not trying to do the entire Dread universe. Right. It's not it takes to, a day in the life of yeah, Judge Dread. <laughs> it's taking one one particular moment and trying to explore that as far as possible. The thing that I'm I'm sort of lacking here is profundity, But but I think that last Bastion story kind of had something in it. Sure. That was profound
0: to me. And I and I, I that's the one I really the most to. self-contained. Oh, absolutely! Uh, Lucy, yeah, which which are which out of all of these is your favorite?
2: Oh, like that's the thing. I've got to. I've got to be totally unoriginal and mm-hmm. agree with Shahir. Like that was the one that really, uh, really got me. It it, it mm-hmm. really sort of punched me in the gut. Um, yeah. And and for the for you know for the same reasons it was it was the post traumatic stress thing. It was beautifully shot. It was all silent. It reminded me of the of the beginning of Up. Uh, yep. I, I, you know, I, I don't really have much to add other than I think that that was the perfect example of, um, how powerful these, these shorts can actually be. I'm, yeah. I'm really interested to, to hear what yours is, Matt, because I just presumed that we would all say the same one.
0: Uh, it's actually not. Bastion, again, hit me like a ton of bricks. There's no question. And I always, it's interesting. Everyone hated Bastion in the beginning. I still loved him. Like not oh, even really? from a gameplay, oh, not even for like, he right. plays poorly, but I loved he has in the game sort of a sense of whimsy because it, it, it's almost like it, there's one of his when he wins or whatever, like the birds flying around him, he's hopping, he's making a bunch of boop noises. Like it's all very childish and fun. Right. Um, so so to see that uh, and sort of see how he like conquered or yeah, it seemingly conquered sort of his dark side or sort of managed to get over the traumas in his quote life. That was something that was really beautiful to me. Sa- uh, sadly, it is my second favorite. My favorite uh, is Hero is the Soldier 76 um, one. And it's funny because when I first watched it, I didn't like it that much. It was fine. It was cool. Um, I, I, you know, and soldier 76 as a character is built to be generic. He's right. the character that when you play it, if you've ever played a shooter before, you should play soldier 76 because he's very straightforward. He runs fast. He shoots a gun. Uh, and he has like a rocket and he has a self heal thing. He's he also, also the guy that escape you, from he's
2: the guy that you play in the tutorial. Like he's, yeah, he is yeah, that yeah. much. He is that much. The beginner's character.
0: Yes. And he does sound like someone from, I I have a uh, Lucy, I have a pension for all things escape from New York and snake Plissken. So that's why he brought that up. (laughs) Um, But uh, what really got me, and it goes back to what you were saying, Lucy, about hope is sort of the, the, the main theme of this. So you have in the beginning of this short, a young girl um, who is kind of just like sort of, you know, Traipsing through life not really happy with a bunch of stuff like she's complaining about having to go to the market and pick up flour or something for a mother and it's a narrative from a mother like saying how she's worried about her daughter in these trying times I actually thought this would be your favorite share because it deals with parenthood in a weird way from the beginning Um, because she's her mother is this narrative you don't even see the mother but it's like I worry about her she you know she has all these things going on and then she walks around a corner and she sees gang members um, basically beating the shit out of an Omnic, which is the robot, the, the sentient robot race in this world. Right. And the, the gang tries to convince her to do it. And that to me had a weird tie to like mob mentality and like how we all sort of like how so easy it is to get swept up in that shit when like the, the majority or the cool kids are doing something. And then there's the action and then the classic story of an antihero, which gets me every friggin' time of soldier coming in and trying to stop this gang uh, which their art design is amazing, by the way, like the black light paint on their sc- on their faces and the skulls when he kills the lights and all that stuff. He has a very Batman like vibe when he fights. Yeah. Yeah. And then he does the thing which you you know is going to happen, but for some reason really still got me where he self sacrifices and sort of lets the the gang members get away to save the little girl. And then he even gets the money back that they stole. And then like the little girl's all of a sudden inspired and she like rips a poster off the wall and like, she's so excited and talking to her mom and like, it's just that like to me to see the one eighty and that sort of so quickly that little girl's character switch, like soldier 76 was the same character through and through. And that was a a slice of life. But to take that slice of life from him and see how it affects people in this world they've built. Right. That to me was the most powerful. Um, uh, though I will say the action in alive in widowmakers is is, is so good as well um yeah that that's that's it
2: <laughs> no i think that's I mean, that's beautifully put uh yeah i mean they're all they've all been quite magnificent and and yeah so seventy six I, I I love what they did with his story. I love what they've done with his character. He could have been such a generic, uh, yeah. He could have been such a generic white dude character, and mm-hmm. instead he's, you know, they've really encouraged the sense of of and and again because it is the story of him and this little girl. They've they've really encouraged the sense of 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 him being somewhat a patriarch of him being a caring kind of dad figure. And I love that they've done that with this character because they could so sort have of easily have just made him the generic yeah. cod faceless dude, you yeah. know, to, to draw in the, 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 the hardcore sect. And instead uh-huh. they've just made him this really caring character. I actually interviewed his voice actor um, earlier on last year and that, oh, nice. that is the way that he saw, I, I can't remember his name, it's terrible, it's Fred someone. I'll look it up afterwards and and, yeah. and, and, and tweet it out after this goes live. <laughs> uh, but, you know, he that's the way that he saw that character. You know, he saw him as a guy who cares and as a guy who is always looking out for everyone else on his team and is and, and is the father type character. And, and I really love that that's what they encourage with that short.
0: It's Fred Tadaskjorn. Fred Tadaskjorn.
2: Yeah, that's the reason why yeah. I couldn't remember the last name. It's kind of obscure. Yeah,
0: it's a complicated one. Yeah. Oh, and I mean, and you're, yeah, and the, the voice actors, too, just sort of on that note. Like, it's very clear. Like there's a lot of love from the voice acting cast, which I think again, just further helps this along.
2: Yes, absolutely. They
0: not only are the performances great and there's a million lines they have to do and they have to keep coming back to do new content, but they, you go to cons, even things like Magfest you hear or the, or packs the things you've dis, you've experienced, but they show up to these cons and like, they all like hang out and do panels. And like, they're very into the guy who plays Reinhardt, yeah. uh, who's the big uh, guy who was, he was in last bastion for a second. He was the big dude in the war flashback with the shield right in the armor okay um the uh he his his voice actor loves it so much he just like marches around with anyone cosplaying Reinhardt and just like yells things in character like he <laughs> they eat it up like they really love being part of the property. A lot of them do. Well, not no, no, it's of true.
2: Them. But, but you know, they've also cast, um, they haven't just cast, uh, you know, voice actors who can do a passable Chinese accent despite the fact yeah. that they're white. They've cast actual people who are actually of that, of that race, you know, or, or who are from that particular country, like, like Charlotte Chung, who I also interviewed last year, who plays diva. Um, she's trilingual. So all of those, all of those voice lines are, you know, someone who actually speaks the language. Uh, and that's what they've done. They've, you know, they've honestly spared this, 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 this team has spared no expense. And, and also, um, they've been really sensitive to the the, the countries uh, uh, that these that these characters are from. They've they've made yep. sure that they've cast according to, um, you know, to authenticity, and and you can really tell. You can really tell in the voice work as well. It really comes across as being incredibly authentic.
0: They worked hard on that. <laughs>
1: one last thing before we, before we start wrapping this up. Uh, I'm so
0: glad you get these jokes because Shahir just doesn't I'm care. Just, I'm just so doesn't give a shit. Like,
2: Matt, I'm genuinely impressed. Like, you're, you, you're good at
1: this. You're very good oh, at this. Oh, thank you. <laughs>
0: uh, uh, you won't hear my diva anytime soon. Uh, <laughs> uh,
1: wait, just my one last question. Before, what was your least favorite of the
0: show? Oh, what, yeah, what, Lucy, what, what
1: was your what, least favorite? And, and what kind of, like, you know, what are your criticisms of it? Um,
2: God, what's my least favorite? Maybe the Genji one, maybe the... Yeah,
0: that was the one I, I leaned towards as well. Yeah, Dragons. Yeah, yeah. Um, because out of the stories, it's the most generic. It's brother, hurt brother, come back, fight I like, scene.
1: I like the reveal in
0: that. It's beautiful. Did you expect that? Uh, mm mm-hmm. Because I expected, I mean, but I guess we knew the lore, so it, maybe it was less impactful from people that actually knew the lore. Okay, so when, yeah, I get,
1: for me, I, when I watched it, I was like, oh, it's his actually,
0: actually it's his brother, and like, I okay. didn't know that. so it so.
1: had the desired
0: effect. Th- that's a case where the lore hurt
1: me. Yeah, because you would have known that story for a year, right? Yeah. Like, or a year. <laughs> for one year. For one year. Uh,
0: the one I liked
1: least, I think, was Infiltration, because I felt that was such a, that was, that, that was like an episode of a bigger story. Sure. That, yeah didn't really play out for me.
0: The only reason I liked Infiltration was it showed a gray area. Before, we've just seen the remnants of Overwatch versus Talon, which is sort of Widowmaker and Reaper's shady organization. And here you have Sombra, who is the new downloadable character whose ARG went on way too damn long. And uh, they finally released her at BlizzCon. They had this short she looked like to start it. She was hacking BlizzCon stage. It was a nice little reveal, blah, blah, blah. Uh, what I liked about it was South. it's one of those like setups for like more questions because now she at the end of this, she's basically blackmailing the person that Talon was hired to kill. She cuts off communications with Widowmaker and Reaper, and then she's like, you're going to be my new best friend, and like the whole animation of the boop, like everyone loves that thing. They go nuts for it. And then they all leave. She leaves with Talon, and she's like, oh, I couldn't get her. So like, here's a character that exists somewhere in the gray that I really like. But you can see how like none of that Matters to you? None yes, I understand. I, it's funny. we literally the the question was which one you like the least, and now I'm trying to convince you of its merits. I understand. <laughs> uh, my least favorite yeah. was um, Recall the first the first real one uh, of, of Winston's. In oh, I in thought his them, thing. I thought he was just so cute. And
2: that was the reason why I got sucked into that like a total <laughs> sucker.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like the wide eyed looking at the stars. I know. No, 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 no. But that's so cute. This is the thing. This is, and again, I love these all, but if I had to pick my least favorite, here's why. When he's Baby Monkey and he's with his father, uh, the original Harold Winston, I think it was, is, is his name in the name tag. Um, the flashbacks that he has are beautiful and seeing him in the derelict sort of like overwatch base, just sort of hanging out is cool and he's still working and whatnot. But what I didn't like about it was the Reaper and, um and the sort of talent agents coming in and like the fight, because it felt so similar to me like that, that action sequence felt so similar to me to the exhibit. Like it just felt yeah, right. Uh, so like what I wish honestly was they just focused on you could do something really cool and not have a fight scene. I understand why they had to, but you could have had like a day in the life of Winston and still gone through the flashbacks. Hell, you could have done the. Um, h- there was parts in that comic uh, for the holiday thing where Winston was just like waiting for his friends to show up, and it was just like right. it's that weird because he's the outcast. He's a talking, intelligent monkey.
1: The waiting for Guthman of Overwatch. Of, uh, of yeah,
0: so like I don't know. I I I, I wanted. Dough, sorry, it's yeah yeah. <laughs> I uh, I I wanted more from it because that's the thing it was so good that i wanted more of the good parts of that and i think that it could have been it could have been the other way i
2: i, I also just want to quickly before we wrap things up just give a shout out to um uh alive which is another of my favorite shorts just because it's so good that you could read so much into that and yes. and a lot of the internet has read so much into that. Uh, you know, it's 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 Widowmaker versus Tracer. Um, but you could also read a lot of sexual tension into that if you so wished. Right. Which you may. Uh, well, and, listen, you know, I l- dropped
1: Fifty Shades of Grey earlier, so <laughs> <laughs> that's all I'm reading into all of us.
2: <laughs> but I mean, you know, that's that's that one I thought was fantastic. It was just it was sizzling with um, with with a lot of tension and in in, in, with in various uh, various. <laughs> ways.
0: Well, you could you could feel I, you could feel you the know, sexual tension. You could also feel the history of these characters fighting each other. Like when especially when Tracer at the moment I think we're thinking about is when Tracer has Widowmaker pinned down. Yeah. And Tracer's like like. Horribly angry, and you still sort of like the animation that they do on her face does portray both that rage can and. She, can she control time as well? Does she so, have like a Prince of Persia thing? Do you want to take this, Lucy? Or do you Well,
2: want- no. I mean, I, I probably uh, she can control time in in, in short bursts. Like actually, in game, uh, I forget the uh, official sort of lore context. She has a, a particle accelerator. Is that correct?
0: How Winston does, that, how does Wilt- that work with other players? Here is the thing. Let me. I'll go the backstory because this yeah, is how much of a fucking nerd Yeah, You do the backstory. So Tracer was a, a pilot in the British uh, Air Force, I believe. And then she was doing a, uh, uh, what's it called? A experimental time-based flight ship and it broke. It did something horribly wrong and it knocked her out of the space-time continuum. She was sort of like just lost in time. Winston, who was her friend at the time, uh, built a chronal accelerator and basically it keeps her grounded in our timeline she's got but an iron man's kind of scenario. basically and then but now she can do things like she blinks she can blink forward and blink backwards and side to side lay in the game you saw it in the animation right. and also she has a thing called rewind which is what happened in the in the short when Widowmaker threw her uh, gas uh, her spider gas grenade and it knocked her down and she was going to shoot her in the head she can actually rewind in the game and everything else like time moves forward for all of the characters but tracer moves backwards including healing any damage she's taken back to spots like i think 5 seconds beforehand so you can actually do this in the game in the game you every can do it. every ability you see in these things, most like 95% are things they do in game.
1: Yeah, I'm just I'm curious from a game design point of view, how that works with like multiplayer real, like it works in Prince of Persia because you're controlling a linear narrative. It
0: works in this too, because it's an escape mechanism. One of her last moves is a sort of, she, she throws it at Widowmaker, that giant bomb when she flies off the roof. Tracer has her ultimate as a bomb you can attach to people and you're supposed to run up to them quick, attach the bomb and then rewind back. So then the, the blast radius gets them.
2: So she, here, as you can imagine, playing <laughs> on a field with a tracer uh, is like playing with an extremely annoying uh, sand fly that won't leave yes. you alone, yes. but you can't sort of manage to pin down because she does have that ability. So she's incredibly satisfying to play. And, yeah. um, and, and and I'm horrible with her. And, <laughs> yeah so am I I was just about to say and I'm terrible with her uh, but she's also really like she's very hard to uh, hard to target.
0: Yeah,
1: Who's your favorite character? Yeah, like who do you main?
2: I main – I'm unoriginal an and I main D.Va because she – I I sincerely believe she's the best all-rounder in the game. Yeah, um, agreed. But I've also started maining Lucio just because I think that mm-hmm. he is an, an incredibly powerful character if you can play him right. So yes. what I'm trying to do right now is just main him as much as I possibly can just because I want to get good enough uh, – to sort of dominate with him on on the battlefield, because if you have a good Lucio on your team, you've basically got the game in the bag, and you can yeah. see this in the pro teams as well. Like Lucio, for the last uh, last several months, has been the number one uh, character uh, that all the pro players are using, mm-hmm. just because he is basically indestructible if you can play him correctly which i currently can't
0: (laughs) yeah no but like there's he's such a deep character because i feel like people forget most players forget like 50 percent of what he can do it's true it's so true they they leave the heal on he has a ability to either heal you uh, consistently in a radius of characters you can see or you can hit a switch and he can make you all run faster and both of those things can be boosted depending on which one you're on so a lot of people just stay on healing well they'll probably use the boost to get them to like the point in the beginning and then just stay.
2: And he can also wall climb, which is something which is something that I am terrible at. Like, that's the like you watch the best Lucio players on YouTube and stuff like that. It's insane. And the best ones are just insane. When we're actually when we've wrapped this up, I'm gonna shoot you guys across a video of this guy who is Probably one of the best Lucio players in the world. I, I
0: know what you're talking about. It's wonderful. But Shaheer uh, should see it.
2: Yeah, Shaheer, you, you will, it, is, it will blow your mind even if you don't play the game. It is just, you know, if you can wall climb properly with Lucio and you know the maps inside and out, you are just, you are devastating on the yeah. battlefield. Yeah.
0: There's one map, uh, I forget which one it is, but there's a big well in the middle. There's a point you have to, it's basically like King of the Hill. You have to stand in the spot for the longest period of time and then you win. Your team wins. But there's a well in the middle that if you fall down, it's, it's death. You're done. Uh, something that I've gotten decent at doing, and I don't know if you've ever done this, Lucy, is wall grinding the inside of that wall as Lucio and healing your team without the other team knowing you're there. Okay, yeah. that
2: is amazing, and I'm not good enough at it yet. But like, <laughs> like that is that is. See, listen, Matt. That's what I'm aiming for. Like, I'm only a new, I'm only a new Lucio player. I'm sorry, this is probably boring for people who are listening. Who, who, I don't care. here to, I don't care. If it's boring, who are here to listen about film? But um, you know, <laughs> I, I actually, I maimed Junkrat for for months uh, and months and months. Um, he's another really irritating character if you can play him correctly, yeah. and I got pretty good at him. Uh, but he does kind of have a uh, uh, sort of a, a ceiling. Do you know what I mean? Like I yeah. sort of feel like he does as a character. He does have a ceiling. So I switched. I switched it up. I switched to Lucio and Diva, and I'm having a pretty good time with those two. Who who do you main? I'm really I'm really intrigued.
0: On defense, it's Bjorn. Yeah. Uh, because I can snipe with him yeah. like no one's business. I don't know how I set up my turret in the spot and I just, I can do the arc. I'm really good with weapons that arc. though. Junkrat, my least favorite or my least played character. I can't shoot his gun worth anything. (laughs) Um, and also healer. It's either Lucio or Ana. I'm really trying to get better with because I've, I've, I thought the mechanic is basically Ana is a sniper that can also heal her team when you shoot her. Yeah. Uh, or you shoot her, your, your teammates. Uh, I was very, I was like, how is this mechanic going to work? This is never going to work. And it works so well. And see, Um, Anna
2: is another character that the pros all play. Yeah. Like she is, she and Lucio uh, and, and Reinhardt. Those are the three that are basically like, you will not really see a good team comp without those three.
0: Yeah, and I can I can really do some work with Soldier, but I try not to because I just I want to do something different.
2: Yeah, um, I know. But if
0: I'm losing, I'll always switch. And
2: I, I also think Soldier is OP, so I refuse to yeah. play him out of principle.
0: There you go, that's very true. Now, now, Lucy, this is the last question we'll ask before we wrap this up, and yeah. this is to Shahir. But we have to, and I, I think we'd both be interested in this, but or or better yet, I'm going to ask you about Shahir. If Shahir played this game, yeah, who would he main?
2: Oh, that is. But see, like we've we've been calling him Soldier throughout this whole podcast. So I just honestly <laughs> yeah. can't see him meaning any other character than Soldier. But soldier
0: I could see. Is, but
1: okay. So my question is: Is that an insult or
0: no? A- <laughs> no. Um, I would say 100 yes. <laughs> I was leaning a little bit toward Genji. That would be the robotic ninja from Dragons. Okay. And the reason behind it is Shaheer is very good. At taking sort of the high road from places and taking arguments or verbal attacks at him, and Genji has a very effective deflecting move where he can bounce any projectile back at you and just wreck your day. <laughs> uh, I feel like in a battle of words and wits, that would be sort of more of your your style, and. I'm sure you can climb stuff. I'm sure you can like <laughs> climb up walls. You look limber.
2: Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm 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 happy with that. I can see that. <laughs> I can see that.
0: <laughs> well, all right, guys. This has been the only podcast about the Overwatch animated shorts I am so happy to have done this i'm literally beaming right now lucy you have made my podcast day thank you so much for coming on the show
2: thank you so much for having me like as i said i could talk about overwatch for hours and hours it's my favorite topic of conversation right now so anytime you want to talk overwatch i'm here 100
1: well, if, and if people want to continue the conversation about overwatch with you how can they do that
2: well, uh, you can tweet you know, at like me. You like your personal
1: phone number. <laughs> yeah, my
2: personal <laughs> phone number, my home address. Um, no, you can tweet at me at Luce O'Brien, uh, L-U-C-E-O-B-R-I-E-N. Or, of course, you can read my work. Uh, at IGN, and I've actually, um, I've been plotting a little piece on the Overwatch shorts for a while now, so hopefully I can tee up Ooh. some interviews uh, for that feature, and uh, I'll let you guys know when that goes live. That'd be yeah, amazing. please
0: do. That would be that sounds awesome. Uh, and, uh, yeah, Shaheer, where can folks find you when you're not listening to two people nerd out about a thing you don't uh, know that can, don't if, much about. if you wanna see if you wanna
1: see me sit silently in a room while two other people are having a conversation about something I, do. I know nothing about, uh, you can find me at Shaheerdow.com, that's S H A H I R D A U D, where you can find uh, links to my Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff though as i always say i don't know why you'd want to um,
0: i do you're a beautiful human being <laughs> matt how about you uh you can find me at emperor msk on twitter the uh skeletor the number four prez on instagram or uh matthew kroll dot com for my life and works
1: and if you want to reach us uh you can do so at only at gmail.com or hit us up on twitter at only to request your favorite uh your online short that you'd like us to see we or, will do it we'll do it or, or uh, a movie request you want us to see or give us some feedback on anything we've reviewed so far this year um we just released our top 10 of the year last week and we've been getting some interesting comments about that yes. so yes i
0: mean there is a lot of overwatch porn we didn't even touch on that <laughs> oh wow is that a thing now oh you got God. now you. Pe- oh, are you interested now wait hang on guys let's, let's, let's take back this up. offline let's because
2: this. i've got i've got a, a <laughs> i love talking about overwatch porn
0: and that's, <laughs> and that's a wrap folks we If you really not. wanted to get me in <laughs> This is the way Lucy We did you this wrong We that. did this wrong Lucy completely We're forget. trying to get it with character engagement I
2: completely forgot That's such a huge part of it Oh,
0: anyway. <laughs> oh my god Well yeah uh, so, Guys can... I'll be back I'm going to go look up some Overwatch porn you <laughs> It makes total sense Alright we'll see you guys later Bye Thanks Lucy Thank you